Welcome to This Game Where, Checkpoint Enabled. This is Chris, and that Wally over there is... Me, Ashley! Hello, everybody! You right? Not really, no. I'm having microphone issues. Yeah, I know you are. It's really distracting. It's distracting for everyone. Come on, mate, sort yeah, it out. I'm going to take this pop mic off. I'm going to sit over here. I think... I think I think we're there. I think right. we're all right. Good. We're ready. Yeah, there we go. I think we're all right the podcast. now. I mean, this should maybe be done off mic, but it's it's okay. I tried to do it off mic, but uh, it, it wasn't going very well, so, so it's happened it on, it on, on it. Cool. Yeah, exactly. You, uh, you all right? Yes, I'm I'm, all, I'm not all right. No, no, you're having a, having a mare, as they say. Yeah. You're all right, though. Yeah. Peachy. I'm Moving hope, house. Hope in the middle right of the most well. stressful thing that you can possibly do as a human being, yeah. uh, among other things. I mean, there's wars, but... Yeah, move in house, but I, I set aside some time to record a podcast because that's the uh, that's the most important thing to do at this current time. There are important things, and podcasts are one of them. 100%. They make the world go round, or at least go to the gym, or go to work, or whatever. Yeah, because you listen to podcasts when you do those things. Of course, I understand. If podcasts didn't exist, those things wouldn't happen. Yeah, people used to listen to music when they did those things. Poof, not now. What? What's that? Yeah, music. Yeah. Anyway, it's Marin Sonic Month. We're on episode three. We start off with yeah. a Mario episode from me. Then we did a Sonic episode from you. Bouncing back to me, I'm going to do a Mario game again. Well, I'm glad because that's the format. Yes, I'm just establishing it in case anyone's seen Half this episode title. You turn up with Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> no, <laughs> not after we tried it. No, I'm doing a Mario game. So yes, I told you the the, the series. Let's go for the game this week. We're doing. This game where you journey to a new land, it fits in your pocket, and it introduces two series mainstays. It's Super Mario Land 2. Uh-uh. Super Mario Land 3? No, we've done that one. That's Mario Land. Super Mario Land? Yeah! Huh. I can finish this in 20 minutes. Can you? Well, one of the yeah. facts I found out is it's how long to beat, which I'm now putting in each episode as a format point. How long to beat has it down at an hour? And I thought, blimey, that's quick, but 20 minutes is... Uh, yeah, it's no. Quicker. It's it's not a long game. Twenty minutes. It's a good game. You can actually do it in twenty yeah, minutes. Last time I played it, I did it in twenty minutes. When was that? Uh, about a year and a half ago. Wow. I I can't remember. I think I've been discussing it. My auntie had been to our house with my young cousin, uh, and the reason that we ended up talking about it was because he his mum, my auntie had had a Game Boy. She was the person that I knew that I had a Game Boy when I was younger. And whenever I went to my nana's, where which is where my auntie lived at the time, um, I would play on her Game Boy. Super Mario Land and Tetris were the games that she had. Great. And the music is so is lodged deep inside me, the music of um of Super Mario Land. It is an absolutely phenomenal soundtrack. It and it's so for me, like hits me in the feels for no reason whatsoever oh, really? other than the fact that it takes me back to my nana's uh living room the innocence of you when i was six not even playing game boy with the magnif- magnifying oh, glass thing i'd forgotten that about it that had peripheral. With the light yeah. like the game boy light with the magnifying glass the it was clipped on a weird one clipped on and then it yeah. had the, and it didn't really magnify the screen that much if i remember rightly it wasn't great if i'm honest yeah. no i think you were probably better off playing without it but it was also an accessory that i liked the idea of the, it had a light built in and i think that was the main selling point but yeah it was it was kind of like the the gaming equivalent of a knitting light 
Have him? you seen those? No. Nanas have them. Oh, it's a day I, I a daylight bulb or I something. It's it like a sound of it. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it really it really takes me it takes me back, Chris. Well, the soundtrack so, is one of the forward. things that is is really applauded for this game, and uh, there's a few facts about the soundtrack. It's so good. I've I know when I start playing this game that it's going to trigger me as well, trigger me positively because I have a very positive relationship with the game as well. But I've deliberately steered away from listening before playing because I want to have the full the full experience. Yep. The uh, sticking point soundtrack wise is that the Egyptian styled level has that Egyptian music that goes like that. A uh, little bit sort of stereotyped, I think. But and we have we have kind of uh, lambasted other games for going down that kind of route. But I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to bring myself to do that with this game. So I, <laughs> I'm fully aware that I'm a huge hypocrite. So this game's okay. Uh, if apologies in advance because it's not Super really <laughs> no, but you know, yeah. Okay, so it is. Steve. It's not the best song on there, by the way. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, it's right. but it's not the best song on there by a long shot. There's there's one that go uh, frequently lodges itself in my ear and goes round and round and round. I, last time it got stuck in there was when I played the game the last after my auntie had been and i i sat down in the evening and i played it through and then went to bed and it was just going round and round and round in my head the the song so i often have that with the super mario world music the very first mm. level it just kind of just appears out of nowhere and then okay that's mm. my, that's my soundtrack for today mm. cool so super mario yeah, i interrupted go is a gate or was a Game Boy launch title. It released 1989 worldwide alongside the Game Boy. It is obviously a 2D platformer. And just for clarity, if anyone's still getting confused, it is not Super Mario 3D Land, which is a game that released on the 3DS in 2011 with a very similar title, but very, very different game. Also a very good game. To a a callback to this game. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. The idea behind Super Mario Land being Super Mario Land is that it's a smaller thing than a world. I believe so. You had, yeah, I know that they gone. Well, this this is nineteen eighty nine. I'm guessing world was was it ninety one? We talked about that before. Yeah, anyway. I yeah. think so. Okay, yeah, it's diminutive. Yes, Lovely land way. and world. The whole nomenclature of the super of the three D games on the three DS and the and the Wii U uh, or the Switch later on was calling back to that whole. Uh, Super Mario Land, Super Mario World, Game Boy SNES thing. Clever. So, yeah, I thought so. Well, it's, it's like I said, it's a callback, isn't it? It's uh, one for the fans. Mm. Land is the portable, yeah, bite size, and World is the big home console monolith mega release. Well, sticking with the idea of it being a portable version, that's kind of uh, when they were developing it. That was kind of their their big thing was that they had massive. Obviously, massive, massive success in 1985 with Super Mario Brothers. So they wanted to basically make a portable version of Super Mario Brothers to launch the Game Boy in 1989. And it's obviously, as I said, therefore the first... I didn't say that. Start sentence again. That does mean that this has the uh, accolade of being the first handheld Mario game, which I think I kind of knew but hadn't really drawing the dots but uh yeah mm. so while they're developing their key mantra was that fun games promote console sales so this whole game is crafted around the idea of fun that because that will make the console sell yeah mm, not really sure how that follows through i i think the idea of a 
1989, the idea of a handheld Super Mario title is compelling enough in itself. Like, Super Mario Bros. had absolutely stormed yep. the stage in the in the late 80s and to then be able to deliver anything close to that on a on a handheld portable device must surely have exploded many a mind oh, in yeah. 1989 yeah i think so um i think it's a fairly standard platformer a good one but a standard one although saying that it has got those little extra levels like the uh, helicopter yeah, the shmup levels, so maybe. which I'd forgotten yeah. about until doing my and research for this. It was also the first Mario game without Shigeru Miyamoto's involvement, and um, it allowed the development team to play fast and loose with the series canon, and they deliberately did that, and they took advantage of his absence to kind of do things that are a bit askew as to what had been established over the previous Mario games. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, actually, because I was reading something about him, very, very minor brief note, but that... He can be a bit uh, of a pain to work with. He is a bit of a conservative, small C, conservative uh, character and doesn't really like things to change. Right. So when it comes to his involvement in, say, Mario or um, or Zelda titles, he very he he generally tries to cleave closely to what's come before, and right. everyone around him has to fight to. Um, to make changes where they where they can or just do it in secret and then let it <laughs> let it come out in the wash um and it's interesting to hear that sort of repeated again for mm. a game especially as early as this he um he came in uh i was reading you'll be pleased with me i was reading uh, your book how nintendo conquered hey. was it the world or america? Uh, america and they were talk they were talking about uh furukawa being brought in as the um son-in-law to run the american branch of yep. nintendo and then how shigeru miyamoto was brought in and i, I think it, it made some suggestion uh in that in that direction there that he was like he was a bit of a table turner at the start and then as soon as he'd set his boots down um that he that. he yeah he was like yeah no nothing can change ever again <laughs> well it's, so, yeah, it's one of the things that this game is known for is is that um askew look at mario titles and it, it's a bit like super mario 2 i guess in that it's it's seen as being something that's a bit out there mm, something that and no one's ever heard super mario brothers 2 uh not actually super mario brothers 2 in japan it's uh doki doki panic good, good, good fact good fact a little known fact that one little known yeah, fact no yeah. one's ever heard that one very obscure fact i'm, I'm glad, yeah. glad to have you on board for the podcast <laughs> Obviously, the gameplay of Super Mario Brothers had to be shrunk down quite a lot to uh, to fit on the Game Boy. Uh, literally shrunk down in terms of Mario's. Uh, small Mario is only twelve pixels high, which is mad because you can very definitely recognise those twelve pixels as Mario. Yeah, you can. Some talent there. I, honestly, sprite work like that always boggles my mind. The initial plan, again, with the, the concept of this being a, a, a console shifter, the initial plan was that they were going to bundle this game with every single Game Boy in mm. a bid to try and shift them until Nintendo realised that Tetris's addictive gameplay would actually help shift more Game Boys, so they decided to bundle it with uh, the Game Boy with Tetris instead. So uh, Mario Land, Super Mario Land was pipped to the post, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. Very good call. Mm. I think that they made the right choice there and actually probably sold more Mario Land 
off the back of having more consoles in people's hands because of the strength of Tetris. I think Tetris is a much easier to pass game than Mario Land and something yep. much more for everyone than Mario Land perhaps is. It's a lot easier to play back to back to back to back as well in terms of you can run through Super Mario Land and you can get really good at Super Mario Land. You can get good at Tetris. I, I'm not saying you can't get good at Tetris, but the general public would probably get to grips with Mario faster than they would with Tetris, I think, and be able to finish the game and get a sense of completion. Tetris doesn't really have a sense of completion because no. it just drives at you and drives at you until you die. So, yeah, the the, the lack of fulfilment, I think, in Tetris is what is what keeps people playing. It's got like just one more go, wasn't it? Just one more go. I'm just going to try again. Yeah. Although I, I, I sort of experienced it as, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do that again now. Cause I was so close. What I was so close to, I've no idea, but <laughs> Nirvana. Hmm. So that, that's, that's the background for the game, which is essentially they wanted to make a shrunk down version of Super Mario Brothers and they achieved it. And um, I haven't actually explained the reason we've done this this week is I decided that from a couple of weeks ago doing 2007's Mario Galaxy, this massive 3D epic, I wanted to go really back to where Mario started, but on a, a very small scale, literally small scale mm. on the Game Boy. So that's why I've chosen Mario Land. Well, I, I actually think that this pairing is pretty cool. I think it's a really good set of games to play back to back why thank you because it shows it it, yeah it shows exactly what you said it shows the grand scope of mario and how it can really play up to the um to the bombast and uh the spectacle but then it shows mario uh, the essence of mario almost and how even when you spare when you're sparing uh in what you can in what you have to work with you can still deliver something that is compelling enjoyable and satisfying yeah and and sparse this game is it's it's only got 12 levels which i was really surprised to, to yeah. read about there's 12 levels split over four worlds so four worlds that have three levels each so and by comparison the original mario brothers had eight worlds of four levels each so you've got you know again there the idea of that the same key concepts but just shrunk down as well mm. Uh, two, two of them, as you've already said, are, are shmup levels as well. One's in a, a submarine and one's in an airplane. Which when I read, is it a submarine? Yeah. Which when I read I about it was a it helicopter. Earlier, I kind of, it kind of thought, oh yeah, I vaguely remember that happening. So I'm quite looking forward to playing that, especially if we can blitz it in 20, 20 minutes. Yeah, I thought it was an airplane, the second one, but I thought that the first one was a helicopter. And I I know that I thought it was a helicopter in so much as. Alex Kidd has helicopters in it as well. It has helicopter levels, and I always sort of drew that um, right. Drew that comparison between the two because Alex Kidd sort of stood quite large in my life at the time as well, and so uh, in the same way that Super Mario Land did. Well, the, the box art you've got Mario. You're absolutely in right. The yeah. Bottom left corner, he's in a submarine. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh, I'm right, and, right, and okay. the internet and the world is wrong. I'm just saying that <laughs> the, you, you conflated have, them. You've burst the bubble of of. 25 or so years <laughs> however long it has Excellent. been because even now like we've been sat talking uh talking about this game for near 20 minutes and i'm thinking helicopter and airplane and as soon as you said submarine i was like yeah fucking hell it is a submarine <laughs> yeah yeah it's a submarine oh, jesus christ um but yeah go yeah thank you for that uh, the plus of the game as well they tried to emulate the original super mario brothers with with the game itself but 
not retread it. So instead of rescuing Peach, you're rescuing Daisy. Instead of journeying through the Mushroom Kingdom, you journey through Sarasara Land, um, which interestingly, at the time recording, we've we've got the Super Mario movie is on the horizon. And in one of the trailers for that that's released relatively recently, there's a bit where there's a, a map of the area that Mario's exploring and Sarasara Land can be seen as part of that map, which is I think it's pretty cool. Yay. Yep. Apparently Daisy, I went down a, a sort of looking into Daisy a bit more. So she appeared in this game. You went sorry, what? I went exploring Daisy a little bit more. You ex right. You've not you've not made it better. <laughs> I explored the Daisy's character a bit more. <laughs> is that better? I looked into Daisy a bit more to find out more about her character. Not is, better. That, is, that, is that still okay? I researched Daisy a bit more to find out more about her character and it turns you've out made that, that she's... sound smutty as well. How? How? <laughs> no, really. Uh, Carry on. Sorry. Just having some fun. I uh, apologize. I won't do it again. I researched Daisy a bit more to find out a bit more about her character because she appears in this game and then appears in all the kind of spin offs like your Mario Kart and Mario Tennis, etc. And apparently she's been designed retroactively as Luigi's love interest in the same way as Peach's Mario's love interest. I'd never picked up on that or realized no. that at all. But that's that's Nintendo canon now, is that, that that's that's Daisy. So Okay interesting Fine. perhaps so why didn't luigi go after go out and try and he's like hey mario uh, there's a girl i like and she's been captured and put in a, in a castle can you uh you know do your thing let me have a go let me have a crack let who what you've made that sound bad as well <laughs> what the fuck is going on ah <laughs> <sighs> So Daisy is one of the characters I mentioned in the This Game Where preamble as, as being one of the series mainstays that's introduced in this game. Do you know who the other one might be? I'll give you a clue. He appears right at the end of the game. I mean, the answer must be Wario. Yeah. So I didn't realise he was at the end of the game. Yeah. I thought that he was introduced in my... in. Myland too. So right at the end of the game, the, the plot of it, you're rescuing Daisy from Tatanga, who is an evil spaceman, and right at the end, it's revealed that he has kidnapped Daisy under the orders of Wario. So, ah. uh, yeah. Right, never, ever, never, ever cottoned onto that. And then there's something about how the events right at, at the end, or no, it's it, Mario 2, Six Golden Coins, that while mm. Mario is exploring Sarasara Land, rescuing Daisy, that's when Wario is able to go and steal the Six Golden Coins, and that's where the plot of, of Super Mario Land 2 crosses over with this, which I thought was quite cool. They have a whole actual, you know, timeline. coherent timeline yeah. for two Game Boy games yep. from... Right, okay. In Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many games were doing that at the time. Shows a level of detail that maybe we didn't need, but uh, hey, it's there. It feels like something that might have been retconned onto it, but I don't know for that for sure. <laughs> just, just got a feeling. You're probably right. Uh, the levels, interestingly, have two exits. There's the regular exit, and then there's an alternate exit, which is always located above the regular exit, which leads to a bonus level. Um, each world ends with a boss. The first three, you can apparently avoid the bosses. You can just jump over them and proceed to finish the level. You can do that, I think, with all of them. Oh, okay. I thought. that You can't do that with the shoot 'em up ones. So right. like when you're in the submarine, there's a, an octopus at the end that you have to dis you have to kill that. Um, and then again in the aeroplane, there's one in the aeroplane that you can't so that's do. Maybe the but first, there's like a first three then. If it maybe was possibly. number four, and then Tatanka is maybe number five, possibly. There's like a sphinx that you can jump over. Yes, you know, I remember that. You boss. know, at the end of Super Mario Brothers, there's the um, 
drawbridges and if you jump over bowser and you land on that hammer yeah. thing it will pull the drawbridge and he can fall yeah. under well it basically works in exactly the same way as that oh okay that makes complete sense and uh yeah is again mm. a callback to, to mario brothers i'd not actually realized that at all um when you finish the game once you then unlock a hard mode which is exactly the same game just with more enemies and once you finish it again on hard mode you then unlock a level select so you can I think you start the game again, but you can choose which level to start at. So maybe not quite a level select, but um, it's quite nice they've put these features in. They're not persistent then, because there's no save file on this game. And that must mean that you have to finish the game, access the hard mode, do the hard mode, and then when you turn it off, it's all gone into the ether. Oh, that's a bit disappointing. You're right. I've never played through a hard mode on this. Right. Well, if you play having played minutes, then that's something to, to gun for tonight. Mm, not sure what a hard mode offers me. I quite like the satisfaction <laughs> of playing it through. I'm uh, not genuinely, generally, I'm not really a hard mode kind of person. I tend to like not putting myself through any kind of hell. Yeah. I'm okay. very much like a s- story mode these days. In terms of me having access to this game, obviously I didn't have a Game Boy, um, as I've said before, but every single person I knew had this game. Like I went to different friends' houses and they had a copy of the game. So it, it was a neighbour I had in particular who had this game and I used to go over to his house a lot and, and play it to his. And then, bizarrely, uh, you and I both ended up working with that neighbour. Uh, did we? Yes. Oh, was it Steve? <laughs> no. No, you went to the same school? No. Uh, I don't know. Are we get? Am I guessing? Am I guessing? No, can't say names. Oh, wait, though. Uh, working, you and me worked at the same time with this neighbour. Yeah, did we? Yeah. Who's the neighbour? I don't know. The key point That's with this neighbour is that, as well as having a copy of the game, he had a poster up in his room of the game, which I used to, of the front cover. I used to sit and stare at it and think it was really cool because it's quite busy. The artwork, there's lots going on, on going on in it. But he also had the vinyl. Do you know about this? No. Uh, right. For the game? Yeah. So, there was a single based on this game. Okay. Cool. You're acting, you're doing a very X Factor style, like, well, reveal of this fact. It was, I, I you was, better live up to it. I was pausing because I was adjusting my notes so I could see them better. That's the, uh, there you go. That's <laughs> the, uh, behind the scenes there. Um, the, the single is called Super Mario Land, all one word. It, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really interesting. And, uh, uh, revolutionary uh, this was by a group called the ambassadors of funk it released in 1992 and it got to number eight in the uk charts i think i might have heard it i i definitely the ambassadors of funk rings a bell but you know we'll listen to it in the half time and i will confirm or deny it's it's classed as a, as a novelty hit, and it was inspired by the game. So I, I went down looking into the Ambassadors of Funk, and Ambassadors of Funk. There's two of them. There is Colin Case, who also goes by the alias Einstein, and he sings on this song under the title under the guise of MC Mario. The other member of Ambassadors of Funk is Simon Harris, who has gone on to a very long and illustrious remix and productions uh, career. So off the back of this, um, Shigeru Miyamoto gave permission. He quite liked this song and he then gave them permission to do a full album. So they released in August 93 in Japan, an album that used songs or or loops or something. I'm not really sure what from Mario 3 and Mario Kart, as well as Mario Land. Now, this full album, I'm going to let you have three guesses of what the title of the album is. 
Is it something that I should get, or is it so it's, out there? That... It's, no, no, it's it's really it's really obvious, like like really like plain vanilla. Super Mario. That's the first two words. The title is four Super words Mario long. Music. You're on the right lines. Shall I tell you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that game wasn't as fun as I was hoping. It's called Super Mario Compact Disc. Yay! Yep. Cool. And it had a, a music video that was filmed at Chessington World of Adventures, where they paid an actor to dress as Mario and and walk and dance around Chessington World of Adventures. In the nineties, that's where all of the best it's where all the music magic videos happened. were recorded. So, yep, yeah, um, and and the and the, the song came about because Simon Harris. Um, really liked the Super Mario Land theme music and realised it had the same tempo as house music. So he, uh, rather than never the twain shall meet, um, the twain did meet and ended up making a song. And one got fucked. Presumably. <laughs> Couldn't possibly say. But I, I, I want to listen to this during the halftime. I was going to suggest we pause and listen to it there, but um, I, I, should we, we'll do it to the halftime. I promise me more sense. Yeah, sense, so. we're probably pretty close to the halftime, I think. Yeah, we are. I've just got a few more notes. Uh, the game received very well. It got 90% plus in all its reviews, and most reviews kind of saying what we've already said along the lines of that Nintendo achieved the goal of a handheld Super Mario Brothers. It became the second best-selling game in North America in 1989. That's not just Game Boy, just the best-selling game yeah. in North America around 2009, uh, behind Tetris, unsurprisingly. It sold, to date, it sold more than 18 million copies, which is more than Mario 3, which I think is quite surprising. And, now we played this game a few weeks ago with Mario Galaxy. It's the fourth biggest Game Boy game overall. Now, I've written down numbers 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's the uh, lights at them. Tetris is number Tetris 1, number surely. One, yeah. Uh... So Super Mario Land is four. Super Mario Land's four. Ah. Oh. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get this, you know. Uh, let me just have a good think. One second. Are they really obvious? They are quite obvious, yeah. Sugar. No, I don't know. I'll tell you number two, and that'll probably give you number three. Uh, number two is Pokemon Red, Green, and Blue. Oh, as for goodness One sake. thing. So what's the number three is going to be? Yeah. Yellow. Gold and silver. Gold and silver. Fine. Fine. Yep. Yeah. I'm an idiot. What, is it? what silly <laughs> Billy? said it. Yeah. Right. So there we go. That's Mario I Land. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll explain that a little bit. I don't think of Pokemon games as a Game Boy game. It's a bit weird that because they clearly were Game Boy games, but they just seemed to stand on their own. And there was also like this transitional period where they were moving over the game boy color so it all blends toward more towards the game boy color than it does the game boy i know exactly what you mean it they, they, it does feel to me like a not game boy game i think maybe because of the timelines transcendent that, that, that pokemon came out late 90s and this is coming out 1989 it, it, it uh, amazes me the game boy has lasted that long yeah i mean that is worth pointing out yeah the game boy's legs were long like it just kept running and uh, yeah, the, incidentally, at time of recording, the maybe Switch were, has just surpassed the maybe Game Boy's so lifetime long. sales. Maybe it runs so long because it has such long legs. That pun wasn't really worth the payoff, I'm sorry. I mean, that was what was implied by what I said, so you were basically just <laughs> repeating and managed in, in trying to deliver that, because I will have cut it, but you tried to deliver that three times while I was telling you <laughs> my fact. Um, I was so excited. Do you even know what I said? Uh, the Switch Zone just outsold it. 
the the Switch has just outsold it to become the third best selling console of all time. The Game Boy for a long time had been uh, top of, top of the pile or top three. Uh, it's just been pipped recently. Cool. There we go. That's Mario Lands. That's all my notes on Mario Lands. So we're gonna pause there to actually play the game and also listen to this ruddy song and see what the what the haps are. Oh yeah. Need to start second half with an apology. Sarasa land. Not Sarasara land. As I said in the first half, Ashley was very keen to point out my error. Very keen? You, you always... You, you make me sound out like a bad guy. No. I, you also, though, do need to follow up your apology with the second apology. I... No, I... I I didn't mean it to sound like you are a bad guy. I think you were right to, to call me out on it, because how else will I learn? It also made me think of Tara Masalata in that fast show sketch, which also amused me. Uh, the second, apo- <laughs> the second apology is that Wario doesn't appear in this game at all, and that that whole thing about him taking over Mario's kingdom or, or going to get the six golden coins during the events of Super Mario Land is in the intro of Super Mario Land Two, and he doesn't appear in this game at yeah. all. It's just that I got confused with the uh, the plotting of that. So, uh, second apology. Um, when he said that in the first half, I was doubting myself. I, I said, oh, I don't remember it was like that, but it might have been like that, but it wasn't. I finished it this this evening, and it's not. You just blast off in a spaceship. <laughs> what, um, what a great ending. Yeah, I mean, the best endings are always, they just blasted off in a spaceship. You rescue Daisy. She says, he says, oh, Daisy, Daisy. And she says, thank you, Mario, or something like that. And then they get in a big old spaceship, and they blast away. It's, the, it's how um, every story should end. And they're left in a spaceship. Every love story, anyway. Everyone, uh, yeah. Every good love story should end with a spaceship. And, and actually, before... I've come back with a pint. A, a pint of milk. A pint of milk, Normal yeah, milk because or I'm wholesome. Milk or... I'm wholesome. Nice, reg- regular. Mm, on the reg. Before we start talking about the game, then, let's maybe also talk about the music, the Super Mario Land piece of music. Oh, it's a third apology there as well, isn't there? The... the <laughs> The, the soundtrack album was called Super Mario Compact Disco, which is actually a much better name than Super Mario Compact Disco. It is a much Disco. better name. So, yep. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so th- basically, if you somehow, as a listener, have have jumped into the podcast episode at this point, please don't go back and listen to the first half, because Chris talked bullshit all the way through. Because it's a mess. Um, it's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. Uh, Super Mario Land, the music I really like. Um, I was dancing away, and it was lovely because it was a way to rekindle that piece of music which was lodged deep, deep, deep in my memory. The piece of music, I think, that the piece of Mario music suits the uh, the uh, the dance, the 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 drum loop they've put on top of it quite well. The the video is pretty good as well. The the guy or person dressed in the Mario costume looked very, very self conscious. I felt. Uh, I think we should put in the episode we should put the, the links that if people want to investigate further uh, yeah you were I've quite so nitpick. keen were you yeah no i think it's i think that the super mario land theme is just dropped in between two sets of uh like music like it, they've used it as the chorus but it, it kind of just feels lumped in there and also the you said music has been put over it but actually 
that would imply some kind of um, integration of the Super Mario Land tune into the actual song. But but what I think has actually happened is that they've put music under it. So when the Super Mario Land theme tune is playing, you hear background elements that they've added, but the background elements are completely um, sort of unintegrated into the actual piece. I like this, the, the music for this game and therefore don't mind listening to it in uh, in some other song, but I'd actually prefer personally to listen to the theme tune just the music itself, yeah. just the theme tune and the rest of the the rest of the soundtrack, including including uh, what actually turns out I think to be a, a not not a safe song. Oh, okay, uh, you can address this. In, yeah, so the Chai Kingdom, which is a simulacrum or facsimile of China. Uh, uses the the yeah the the bad piece of of uh, music the what people call the East Asian riff, and if you don't know what that is, it's easily Googleable, Googleable, Googleable. Uh, it's the bad one. It's the it's the naughty. Yeah, that's not okay, really. Piece of music. I did find out that where where Western media does tend to use it to represent generic. Asian place or generic Asian person or generic Asian setting. Uh, Japanese um, Japanese video games in particular have adopted it as uh, relating to China in particular. So that kind of makes sense for its use here. That on top of that, the piece of music it's attached to kind of leans into those stereotypes of of what Asian music should sound like and presumably what Japanese developers feel like China sounds like. The whole thing uh, so it's, it's it's late it's shorthand, isn't it? It's you hear that piece of music and it's oh okay, we're in Asia. It's like the the first yeah. world being ancient Egypt and you said this in the first half that it's that style of music. It it's it's telling you straight away where you are. And um I think there's a better way to do it than to use something yeah. like that. And I it's it is a shame for me at least, because that piece of music, the the Chai Kingdom piece of music, still it, it still does things to me. Um and I don't re- actually, I said in the first half um that I'd probably be able to overlook whatever it did, but actually I think it might be not really very good. Like in terms of it's a it's done a naughty. It's done yeah. a bad. And I'm not particularly comfortable with with uh, standing up for it no so i won't be um it still it still makes me think of sitting in my nana's room but yeah there we go but the racist 80s but putting the racist 80s to one side uh the rest of the game though still stands up really really well yeah the the game itself stands up really well the the music generally is uh superb the music is fantastic that that mario theme that was used in in that piece of music the the novelty one that got to number eight in the charts uh that that is a great piece of music yeah world 2-1 or level 2-1 is my favorite piece it's so upbeat and zesty zesty 2-1 yeah lively it's a great word to throw a piece of music it's like talking to wesley harriet ah <laughs> i'm again i would put question marks against that statement but there we go um the, the game starts off really friendly in a very classic mario way it's just got goombas and the, the difficulty over the course of these 12 levels it, it ramps up gradually 
But by the end of the game, World 4, it was very, very difficult. I'll, you know, f- full disclosure, I got to World 4-2, so World 4-3 being the only level left after that. And World 4-2 got too too difficult for me, and, and I, I I quit in a in a fit of, not not rage, just a fit of just like, oh, I'm just a bit bored of this yeah. now. Whereas Ashley you managed to... You did quit in a fit of rage. You, you did quit in a fit of rage. It was a fit of middle-class rage. I oh, watched just, it happen. Just a... Just a <sighs> yeah, and like a like this very firm pressing forwards of the hands putting them in the air like, as though you were like a high 10 saying no 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 more no more no more no more from you it was it was impressively Gu- angry guilty as, guilty as charged but yeah you got through to the ends like a like a big boy yeah so the thing to say about four two or for for any any level any stage um Actually, I'm going to correct myself. Four, one, and two are the ones I'm talking about here. You have to kind of shift the way that you're playing the game because I think, for the most part, the the other levels, stages, whatever you want to call them, let you go pretty health leather through them. Like there's a, there's not that much creeping forward, but in the fourth set of of stages you end up having actually to do a little bit of creep forward, deal with this problem, yeah. creep forward, deal with the next problem. And um, the game hasn't set you up to expect that. And I kind of think that it's doing it on purpose. It, it's it's set you up with certain expectations and then it's trying to thwart them um, to deliver a level of challenge that you aren't necessarily expecting. Um I think I'd have liked it to be delivered in a different way, but what do you mean? Um, I I think that you know I've I've layered I've leveled criticism at Sonic for um having this got to go fast. Oh, hang on, no wait, go yeah. slow, please. Um, approach Super Mario Land. I think has a got to go fast element to it all the way up to that fourth set of levels. And then goes, you know, creep, creep yeah. forward, deal with that, creep forward, deal with that. And I kind of wonder whether that is the right way to deliver challenge for that final push to the end. At the same time, one of the things that I do like about that last trio of, of levels, stages, uh, um, is that four three is the airplane stage, the shoot 'em up stage. It feels like a celebration it feels like a celebratory elation um type level and i like it when games do that i like it when a game instead of having this last stage as a punishment for playing i like it when they go hey have fun you've worked hard to yeah, get here you've done well congratulations yeah enjoy this next bit it does then end with a bath a a double whammy of a boss battle. You have to destroy a happy cloud first, and then you take on Tatanga in his battleship, battle spaceship. And um, depending on how you approach that, it might either come off as difficult or or less difficult. If you are trying to hit Tatanga, then the then that last boss battle is hard. If you instead try and avoid his um, missiles that split into three missiles, if you just try and avoid those and randomly shoot, if you just continuously shoot and move up and down to avoid the missiles, you will inevitably uh, hit Tatanga in his spaceship. And you do that 25 times and the game's over. 25 times? Yes, it doesn't take as long as you'd think. Okay. 
Uh, the the other bosses on on that note, you, you could skip as we talked about in the first half, which uh, I think was good. But Stanger, I'm presuming you can't because it's the last boss. Yeah, you say skip. Skip's maybe the wrong word. You can mm... you can jump over them or yeah. go under them. But I I always I never thought of that as skipping. Um, and I'm not even sure that it's correct now, really, because the the implication of what you're saying is that you can actually he- take them on, di- tackle them head on. And the only way that you'd actually be able to do that, I think, is, are you saying that you can jump on them? Uh, well, I'll be honest, I skipped, well, I skipped uh, the, the first and the third ones. The second one was the giant seahorse underwater during the submarine shooting yeah. attack level. And, and that one, you pretty much had to. <clears throat> You pretty much had to kill that in order to get past it. But for the other two, I just I ran through them as Big Mario, so I lost my health. Mm. But in doing so, I was unable to get through and press the button behind them to make the the bridge fall and then fall into the water or lava, a, a la Bowser in Mario Brothers. Yes, yes, that's what it's ref- sort of referring back to. The first two before the seahorse, I've always sort of avoided or evaded and jumped over or gone under. I was your point and- that that. That that is the only option that you can't jump. You're not sure I if you think actually. So yeah, fair point. I don't think that you can jump on top of them. I think that I've actually died trying to do that. Oh, and okay. The, that means therefore that the only way to tackle them head on is if you've got a fire flower, and yes. that's not always a guarantee. No. So that that might well be that you can take them on with a fire flower. I certainly don't know because I always assumed that the goal was to avoid and evade. Mm. I, I don't know. And I, Not I, sure. No. Good question. Okay. Hmm. Uh, on that note, we probably should have asked that while we were playing so that we could have investigated a little bit. We but should, never rather than trying to get through, but there we go. Um, we, we both commented on the... Um, the, the fact that you could see that Shigeru Miyamoto's influence was not present in the game. And actually, I felt that was the game's benefit, that it stood up on its own two feet a bit because of this this weirdness that pervaded the whole game. It is weird. It is weird. It's it's a weird game. But two one, the one you mentioned a few minutes ago, is really enjoying the music. You've it's it's a watery one. There's water at the bottom, and there's fish jumping up uh, to get you. A la cheap cheeps in most Mario games. I mean, these aren't cheap cheeps. These are fish skeletons that are jumping yeah. up to get you. And it, it's just there's lots of enemies. Like it just makes you sort of think to yourself, you know, what in the name of God are these? Yeah, and then when a lot of them, the ones that are non-standard uh, Mario enemies. The, they're the ones that you jump on and they sort of collapse into a weird heap of m- meat and then and jump make a away noise at with the same a horrible, time. creepy <sighs> sound. Yeah, it's it's a very strange sort of presentation of Mario and that takes into account all like present like one of the weirdest when you compare it to all the other Mario games. And um, it doesn't stop there. There's, there's just some weird like foibles. You, Two one that you're referring to here, you start off and the, it's implied that you've been beamed down from a spaceship. Yes, and then three one with the submarine level. I can't remember which. That's three three, isn't it? So uh... no, that's sorry, that's two three. Yes, so two three the submarine level. There are so there are spaceships on the bottom of the seabed, which implies again there are a number of them. I kind of feel like it's implying some kind of great big space battle uh, that took place over the sea that has left the debris of this space battle all over the seabed. 
But the whole- I mean, it, it, go, it goes on. There's an Easter Island uh, set of stages, and that's got the Easter Island um, big, big famous heads. And then all of the enemies in that, there's like this weird um, monolith with wings that has got face. And, and then there's the yeah, ones that, then, that like, charge at you that I said look like potatoes with legs that charge at you. And they, they were, because yeah, they came on, big on screen nose. really quickly. I said you yeah, about the, the spaceship. Weird, weird set of levels. That beams you down. It, it, it's almost reminiscent of Mario Galaxy, though. So, mm. you know, you've got a bit of uh, lineage between those two games there. Because in Mario Galaxy, obviously, you're on this big space station. You get beamed across space to different galaxies. Um, I'm probably, I'm probably grunting Maryland with a lot more grandeur than they were expecting with it. But it's... No. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wonder whether they did look back when they were thinking about Mario Galaxy and go, this fits, because Sue Maryland and that. Um, or, or Mario Odyssey, like there is a flirtation with the with space yes. that that runs a, like thread through Mario games. Uh, I just wonder where it comes from, and I wonder why it was so front and center here. Mm. Tatanga, I think, is an alien. Yes, yes, he's a, an evil uh, astronaut or evil spaceman. Yeah, yeah, weird, strange. One of the setting. Most- unusual things i thought was the the old rug pull with daisy each time so you rescue daisy at the end of each yeah. world after doing the boss and, and you have the sequence where daisy's there and she says oh thank you mario and then mario says oh daisy and then daisy then turns into one of the enemies from the world that you've just gone through and it's just yeah it's perilous music it really does feel creepy and weird and it's the way they hop away and the way that the music comes in and there's this peril and sinister t- uh, angle um attached to it that it was always made creepier to me by the look of her face because i tried to describe it to you but she's got a mouth and when you look at it in the right way you can see what they were getting at they were getting at this idea of like uh a single pixel for the mouth and then there's her neck and alongside her neck is is the hair behind her neck but actually when i look at it what i see is three black pixels that represent her mouth which is in an extremely contorted downward facing grimace and it reminds me of a cabbage patch doll mm. and whenever i see daisy in the at the end of these stages even the one where it's really daisy i think she looks creepy like strange in the face um and i can't get over that so even when i've rescued daisy i fear for mario's safety on the (laughs) on the spaceship that they blast off on um is quite concerning when you actually see her and you look at her in the right way well who knows what happens between the events of this game and mario uh, maryland 2 on that spaceship we've we've been playing the wrong mario all along like it's not actually him he died on that spaceship. Well, like Paul McCartney is dead. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. Uh, um, okay, off that then, back onto gameplay very briefly. Um, I mentioned the first half about the idea of the second exit, and that, I think, was executed really well. So the second exit yep. starts off being really easy to get to, and then increasingly as you go through the game, it's harder and harder to get to the second exit. You kind of want to reach, because that's your bonus level, where you can harvest lives really easily. Um, but obviously, as you get further through the game, it's more and more difficult to get to. But I like that gameplay element that's encouraging you to do it, to get the lives, to make the game easier. But it's not easy to get those lives. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I like it. I, there are few, very few that I can't get to or don't tend to get to. I think I missed one oh, in the run today. 
That was one with some yeah, falling platforms. Yeah, but I've had a lot of practice. I really struggled with. Um, the, the falling platforms, incidentally, especially on that end section, they are timed slightly weird, and you do kind of have to preempt your jump off them in order to not get stuck falling yes. with them. It's a bit, a bit of a strange timing thing there that is very idiosyncratic for this game. You have to jump almost as soon as Mario touches the platform and else to, to spring off it. There's yeah, no grace really it. is. The timing's the timing's odd. And then do you want to briefly, before we wrap up, do you want to talk about the, obviously you completed the game and then you were able to start going on hard mode, which you said didn't actually inform the player at all. Oh, you're going to start the game now yeah. on a hard difficulty. Um, um, explain so, what that was like. Yeah, so I, I have actually looked this up um, after the fact. But yeah, I got onto the hard mode. I, I'm i pretty sure that I had played that through. I must have, because I used to play this round on a loop. Like I'd finish it and then I'd start it again. And the game ends with the end uh, credits. Then you uh, return to the you return to the titles page, and there is a sing- signifier that something has changed. But I've never picked up on it ever. Oh, okay. And it's that instead of having a mushroom next to the uh, press start thing, um, it's Mario's face. That's a so if you see Mario's face, clue, isn't it? far, far, far too subtle. You're completely correct. Yeah, and even this time, I missed it. Like right. I didn't notice that that had changed. I only um, found that out by looking at a um, a, a, a page on the on the internet. Um, but yeah, that's that's the way that they signal that you have moved over to hard. Um, the differences between hard are exactly what you said. There, there are more enemies. The enemy placements are interesting and kind of fun if, if you know the game uh, well enough. And they do tend to like they they've ramped it up significantly. Like there are enemies that appear on the sort of tomb stage uh, one three where you sort of going into the pyramid and you've got these sphinx like characters that shoot fireballs at you they're actually in stage one right they're in one one and you've also got a lot more of the weird fly grasshopper type enemies and some of those are placed up really high on the stage and they jump down on on top of you and try and land on top of you um it's quite it's as i say it's pretty fun if you know the game in its standard uh iteration to have this new dimension added to it with uh, strange enemy placements and the abundance of enemies and the way that they're coming at you. That's actually an interesting, more interesting um, challenge than I was expecting it to be. So yeah, I'd recommend it if you know the 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 base game. Yeah, I like the idea of the fact they've taken this and, and twist, not turned on its head, but that they've they've made enough differences to make it interesting to play through a second time and, and reward you, I suppose, yeah. for having got that far. Yeah, it's substantial enough to merit being there. And I wasn't sure that it could be that. So after this game came out in 1989, the sequel, Maryland 2, Six Golden Coins, which we've mentioned a few times with the whole Wario fiasco, that came out in 1992. And Wario... Really good game. Yeah, it is a really good game. Um, I played that at my childminders. That was uh, the only place I had access to that that game. My childminder also had Super Mario Land. And uh, that was really good. There was, there was some really strange, like the, the, the giant Mario world. I always thought it was really, yeah, really cool. Yeah, so good. We've talked about this on the podcast. Have we done an episode on uh, Mario Land 2? No, we haven't. Or not? Oh, well, 
Yeah, it's really good. But we have done an episode on Maryland 3, a.k.a. Maryland. We did that Aha, in yep. episode 115 that came out in 1994. And then, as I mentioned right at the start of the episode, there was then the Super Mario 3D Land, which is sequel, semi-sequel. I don't really know how you build yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, 2011 I, on the 3DS. Yeah, I don't... I, I don't think it is. Wouldn't class it as a sequel. It, it's no. It's it's I think a handheld it's, Mario game, and that's pretty much it. The callback ends with the naming. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, the game came out on the 3DS for it was still available on the 3DS eShop for three pounds fifty nine. That was released in two thousand eleven as well, and I did a few tinkerings about with that, including a sixty percent zoom option, so you can increase the size and see the game a lot more clearly. And then there was, there was also an optional shades of green colour palette added to match the original Game Boy. Uh, one thing we did pick mm. up on, actually, is is the game only uses four colours throughout. There's black, white, and then two shades of grey. And that's that's everything. And obviously that'd be the same for every Game Boy game. But the the way they're able to render all these characters and, and depth and, and everything with these four colours is, uh, is, is very, very impressive. Yeah. So I bought uh, to, to make some things that i do on the pc easier i bought a little um like drawing tablet uh just a cheap one and off the back of that one of the things that i did was uh try and do a digital painting and i did a crap job but i also really enjoyed doing it and the the outcome was much better than it had any right to be given that i've not even thought about doing art since i was in year nine 14 years old 20 years ago um and I was reading all about how, like, you... Because I got really enthusiastic about it. I haven't done anything since with it. But I was reading about how you actually might get better as a painter. And one of the things that um, they suggest is working with a limited number of colours, oh, okay. like a limited palette. Um, and I saw this person who was making quite substantially amazing art with just two colours. And actually, it was uh, one colour and the absence of colour on, right. on a palette, uh, on, on a canvas. <coughs> But the the level of skill, I think, it must take to be able to do that. Absolutely. If you then factor in the the limitations that you had on the Game Boy screen, the fact that every uh, every image had to be created with squares, you had just the four colors. Every everything had to fit into um, that tiny, tiny uh, square of tiny squares. Um, and it had to look good in motion, and it, it sort of had to be animated. Yep. The the job that they've done with that that those limitations is just so sublime. It's really, really, really impressive. More impressive than anything I ever saw when I was uh, dabbling with the idea of being the next Picasso. <laughs> and again, I suppose like we talked about towards the end of the first half, you compared this in 1989 to Pokemon at the end of the 90s and the the fact they're still using mm. the same technology, but how good Pokemon looks, it, it, it really it really it really impresses. It really, yeah, yeah. I the Game Boy is just a phenomenon. It it kind of sm- speaks to what I was saying in the episode last week about the Game Boy Advance and how it's a continuation of the SNES and it would have been cool to see what they were doing with the SNES 20 years from on from its release and the Game Boy Advance was kind of an insight into where they might have been able to take it if they just stuck with that piece of technology at that level Um, the Game Boy had the privilege of being a having a very long lifespan and as a result you really saw people eke out some really fine 
high quality end products in ways that if they'd if you told them in the late 80s this was going to be where the game boy ended up then they just wouldn't have believed yeah it's it's really impressive it really is right well uh awkward segue alert uh thank thank you for uh thank you for listening uh thank you for playing ashley i'm glad you enjoyed mario land uh it was it was great uh, next week, we'll be finishing off Sonic and Mario Month with you bringing a Sonic game. Yeah, Sonic. Oh, okay, we've been Sonic. Bring we? Sonic. I was thinking about bringing some Sonic 4 instead. Is that. You introduced me to that. I did introduce you to Sonic 4. I initially thought you said Sonic 4 then, but no, it's got a, got a hard V sound. Oh, no. No. Sonic Sonic Vore, no, much let, better. Let's not do Sonic Vore. So uh, join, oh, okay. join, join us for, for whatever nonsense actually brings Link to Sonic. We'll, we'll find out <laughs> next week. Um, in the meantime, if you could join us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you could like, share, subscribe, rate, review, uh, kiss, pat, cuddle, whatever you want to do to our podcast, that would be great. Yes, please. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sticking to the end. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Sayonara. Sayonara.